Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Brian Weiss, and he is co-founder and CEO of LA Cannabis News and Media. We're going to learn a little bit more about those businesses and what Brian is doing in the media space inside cannabis. We're going to learn a little bit about his entrepreneurial experience and journey and what his plans are for providing uh, media sources, media publications for cannabis, not only in North America, but it sounds like some international stuff as well. So I'm excited for this. Media is, uh, I think, a, a fascinating aspect of the cannabis space. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Bruce. I appreciate you uh, having me on today. This is awesome. Yeah. So why don't we start with a little bit about you and your background, how you got into cannabis. It sounds like you've had some entrepreneurial experiences. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you got to LA Cannabis News? Sure. So I've actually been in the cannabis industry for about 25 years now. I started out on the illegal side when I was younger. Yep. Then I got in trouble uh, <laughs> when I was about 30. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, I vowed that I was never going to touch the plant again on a uh, on a business side of it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> it actually worked out well because when the federal government scares you, they really do scare you. Yeah. 
least they scared me. And I, I actually, I come from a good background, my, uh, which I, we didn't talk about earlier, but my grandfather founded a company called the William Morris Agency, which is a oh, yeah. talent agency and is now William Morris Endeavor. Yeah. Uh, and he was the, one of the owners for over 70 years. And my dad was uh, the vice president of television for over 35 oh, years. fascinating, yeah. Yeah, so it gave me the experience of, uh, experiences growing up of working with lots of different entertainment and music companies uh, over the years. And then a few years back, I had the opportunity to go to Israel where actually I'm now a dual citizen. And while I was in Israel, I discovered the whole startup world. And I had no idea that half of the research and development for basically every piece of technology in the world is done in Israel. And so I really got a, a grasp for the startup world. And unfortunately, my dad ended up getting sick uh, with cancer, and I was forced to move back to the U.S. Um, yeah. in uh, the beginning of 2013. And, but when I came back, the startup world was really blossoming in Los Angeles. You had Silicon Beach, which was like the Silicon Valley, yeah, um, yeah. You know, the Santa Monica area. And uh, I had a lot of experience from consulting with different companies in Israel because of the family connections I had to the U.S. I was consulting for companies while in Israel, helping them get to the U.S. So when I got back to the U.S., I was like, wow, there's so many startups here. I could use the same family connections and continue helping startups. And at one point, I just felt sort of stupid being a middleman. And I was like, wow, there's just so much you know, <laughs> excitement happening. I should yeah. be able to create something myself. Yeah. And uh, I created a, uh, an app called TickHive, which was a complete failure. Okay. And uh, it was a great idea. It could actually still be a great idea. It just didn't have uh, the right team behind me. Yeah. And right when it basically fell apart was when cannabis was becoming legal. And a lot of my friends were like, man, you should get back in the cannabis industry. You know everybody. You know, you're know you really well connected. And I'm like, yeah, until it becomes federally legal, I'm not touching cannabis. Okay. Uh, and they're like, well, you should start an ancillary business. I'm like, I don't even know what the word ancillary means. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did some research, and I figured out what the word ancillary means. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God start a business and I don't have to touch the plant. What a genius idea. Exactly. And so uh, I, in my research, I living in Los Angeles, I was like, all right, I want to invest in something in the LA area or start a business with something in the LA area. This sure. is you know, one of the biggest markets in the world. Yeah. This is what better place to do it. So in my research, I found myself searching 50, 60 different sources a day to find out what was happening in LA. And I'm like, this is crazy. There has to be some sort of one general place, like an LA Cannabis News, that I can find out what's happening in LA on a daily basis about cannabis. Now, yes, we have Dope Magazine, and we have High Times, yeah. and we have Culture, and we have Sensi, and those are all fantastic publications. I have nothing against them, but they all cover culture and lifestyle. Occasionally, they'll cover a news story. They're all covering the same news story. Nothing is localized, and cannabis is a hyper-local industry. It started in the, in the United States side, at least it started in Humboldt county for the most part yep. now it's grown to local cities and communities all over this country and there's just nobody covering that and so i was like all right i'm gonna start a local cannabis media publication and so i launched it uh beginning of last year the website actually that we launched a digital issue in february of 2018 we picked up 15,000 subscribers from that we launched a website in april of 2018 actually on 420 mm -hmm. and since then we now have over 30,000 people on our site a month we've got over 70,000 email subscribers we just finished the canopy boulder accelerator in boulder colorado which was an amazing experience uh, with 10 other cannabis companies yeah uh, and since then we've been able to present on the arcview stage at the main stage at the investor forum they had here in los angeles 
which was great. And I've also spoken now on dozens of panels in the cannabis industry. So we've really been growing now quite a bit. And now it's exciting because we actually just started doing our seed round last week. So hopefully we'll be able to raise some money and expand to other cities and provide local cannabis news to other, you know, areas that need it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, kind of the beginning and and when you started putting this together. I mean, what was your target, I guess, customer and and what were you hoping to kind of provide them in terms of value? And where, where was that value proposition that you were looking to create? So to be honest with you, I was really just trying to, you know, solve a problem almost like that I was having. I didn't really understand yet, you know, who my customer value was actually until I really took this accelerator. Yeah. I thought of it, I was going to have consumers being interested in reading about cannabis news on a daily basis. And I realized I was completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I guess what, what taught you or what, what showed you that you were completely wrong? Was, what was the evidence that you gathered? Um, I, well, as we built the website, we started integrating different uh, analytical you know, uh, databases and platforms and stuff into the site so that we could really understand who our audience was. Yeah. And also, you know, building in our, our email um, system, our social media stuff. Um, so we really started understanding who our audience was. And we saw that our audience were not consumers. Well, actually, everybody is a consumer, I guess, in yeah. the cannabis industry. Yeah. So I guess everyone, I guess we do uh, still go to consumers, but we found that most of our audience happened to be business people. They wanted to know what else was happening in the industry, what's happening around them. We found there was a lot of uh, senior citizens that were very mm-hmm. curious and they didn't really want to know, you know, from high times what the top 10 brands were. They wanted to know more <laughs> about what's happening around them yeah. and what's legal. What can they do now? Where can they go and do it? And they just couldn't find that type of stuff. So yes, we That's found a, a lot point. of our, and we also found a lot of our in our readers now are people who were during the Reagan era that were totally anti-cannabis yeah, and now seeing imagine. the money possibilities like doctors and lawyers that are getting money for retirement. And they're like, wow, I want to invest in cannabis or I want to open a dispensary. Yeah. And it's like, and, you know, come from families that would never have done that before in their lives. But now all of a sudden it's the greatest thing in the world. It's almost like when I was younger, I had these big, huge car stereo speakers in my car and my dad thought I was the biggest idiot in the world. And then like, <laughs> 10 years later, he gets an infinity and has these big, huge speakers and TVs and the headrests. I love it. I love it. Yeah, these things will come around full circle. Right. So, and, and what, I mean, I guess, so having, you know, experience and familiarity in the, in the cannabis space, um, but now approaching it from the media standpoint, I guess, what did you have to learn about media or I, I guess, what pieces do you felt like you, you knew really, really well? And what parts of this did you have to kind of go to school on in terms of creating this business? Yeah, absolutely. So I knew uh, a lot about the media space because I come from a media family, but and I've worked in so many media companies in the sense of business development, Got it. Um, creating partnerships how to structure a business, those type of things. What I did not know about is the business itself, the finances, the HR, those type of things, which was the accelerator was able to help me with. Um, And then on the side of the media side of it. So right now I know nothing for the most part about operating a magazine or a newspaper, Mm -hmm. but I do know that there's cannabis media out there and there's a lot of opportunities for cannabis media. So what we've been doing for the most part for, for right now to gain our audience is we've been doing much like the Drudge Report, which is the number one media company in the world who receives billions and billions of views a month, uh, way more than the New York Times, and they aggregate all their content. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, they'll throw in an original story. So what we've been doing is we've been aggregating all of our content. You know, we give full backlinks to every single source. Mm-hmm. We make sure we represent, you know, the writers from the original sources. We don't steal their entire ad. We put in the 20, 25%, and then we backlink it to their 
publications so that that way they get the SEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more interested in getting the news out to the people, uh, which has been great because that's now allowed us to create a database of over 300 content creators that want to now write for us and cover things on a local level. So as we hopefully begin to raise this round, we'll be able to start hiring on content creators and start creating a lot of our own original content because there's a lot of really cool stuff here in LA that nobody is covering. Uh, no one has ever covered, and that needs to be covered, especially as this, as this industry grows. Yeah, interesting. And what are some of the topics? I mean, you mentioned the uh, senior citizens or you know, kind of folks that are older generation that are looking for more information about either use or what's going on in the community. I mean, what are the things that you find have been sort of particularly effective at the local level in terms of you know cannabis-related content and cannabis media? So there hasn't really, unfortunately, been too much happening on a local level. And as we've been exploring cannabis in Los Angeles, at least on a local level, you know, cannabis is the only industry, as far as I know, you know, in the past several decades that has actually really contributed to society in the sense of uh, helping the homeless, helping veterans, helping immigrants, helping women. You know, there's tech industry doesn't do that. Entertainment industry definitely doesn't do that. They just help themselves. So, you know, cannabis is really doing that. And they're, you know, being able to expunge people's records, um, which has allowed people coming out of prison or people that have been out of prison to be able to get jobs, which they couldn't do before. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that happening on a local level. There's a lot of education. You know, we're doing a lot of coverage with veterans in L.A. We're doing a lot of coverage with the homeless community. There's a lot of amazing cannabis organizations here in L.A. that we're now learning about. And we've been meeting of people that are doing all sorts of great stuff on a local level. And the cool thing is that's not just happening in Los Angeles. That's happening in every single city across the country where cannabis exists. Yeah. And that needs to be highlighted. And so, you know, yes, we want to cover the crime. We want to cover the local uh, news on a daily basis, but we also want to cover the people and keep this, you know, as much as possible, a community industry, because, you know, obviously you're going to have the big pharmaceutical, they're going to have the big beer companies that are going to come in and they're going to, you know, really ruin the industry. But as much as possible, this is a community hyper localized industry to begin with. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have been working in this industry for 30, 40 years. And they're now getting screwed, you know, because of different bureaucracies. And, you know, we really want to highlight those people and and try and keep them in business as long as possible. That's great. Well, so tell me a little bit about the accelerator. How did you, I guess, what inspired or prompted you to to look at going to an accelerator? How did you pick the one you ended up at? What did you learn? So, yeah, so after having sort of a a failed startup, I realized that I did not have the leadership or the, the knowledge to really do another startup on my own. I needed assistance. And so I started researching of what accelerators were out there in the cannabis space. And I came across Cannabis Boulder. And uh, to be honest, I just found their contact us page and I filled it out. I put in what I was doing. And within 24 hours, they contacted me and they said, hey, this is awesome. Let's continue on. Let's go on to the next steps. And so the next steps took about two months. Um, There are about five or six different steps in between filling out a whole bunch of uh, questionnaires, having a phone call, having another couple of phone calls with the managing director, Patrick Ray, who's awesome. And then I met Patrick actually at a Jim Belushi party here in Los Angeles. So we were able to meet face to face. He was able to see like the clout sort of that I had that I was able to get into this party and you know, really active, you know, be like people know who I was and stuff at this event. So he's like, all right, this kid knows what's going on in LA. He's got some connections, you know, he might be something that, you know, could be cool. And then they just really caught on to what I was trying to create, not just as a localized company here in Los Angeles, but as a localized media company for cannabis overall. I mean, our ultimate goal here is to, you know, expand to multiple cities around the world. And when cannabis goes legal federally, and hopefully the next three to five years, 
the FCC will start lifting, you know, restrictions, and companies like Viacom and Fox and Universal will be looking for local audiences in the cannabis industry all over the world, and we'll have those audiences. Yeah, or close to it. And why don't you quickly summarize for folks who are are not as, I guess, familiar or you know don't know the nuance of what's going on in terms of media and cannabis right now, and what the restrictions are, what kind of legal situation is creating in terms of who's in the market, who's not in the market. Give give people an overview of that. Well, I believe there's about thirty. 1,300 publications in cannabis right now, which is just crazy. I think there's a new one every single week. They're all coming out mainly because of you can't advertise in you know most mainstream places. Although in LA, I think there's now 750 billboards or something with cannabis-related stuff on there. So oh, I'm not quite sure how much of, of this is really being regulated. Huh. Of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you, got, you can post things. I mean, there's people like Dan Balzarian who owns Ignite Cannabis. Yep. He must be paying somebody at Instagram because while he posts all sorts of risque pictures, good people in the industry are getting their accounts shut down. Um, so I think it's really about who you know and how much you pay them and you can advertise. So it seems we don't advertise anything illegal. We won't advertise any illegal dispensaries. We won't advertise anything for sale. Mm-hmm. Most of what we've been you know, covering is email marketing and a lot of native advertising mostly messages, mostly things things about education, health, research on cannabis. I feel that a lot of the the other advertising I leave up sort of to dope and, and high times who just, you know, plaster their magazine with all sorts of brands and there's not much content in there. Yeah. I created this not to be that. I created this to get proper information out there. And, you know, and for us, we'll make money in the long run by data and subscriptions. Advertising is, is disappearing very quickly. Yeah. And you got to come up with new fun ideas to, to get the public interested. And, and just dropping ads all over the page and pop-ups is, is not the idea I don't, I don't agree with. So, yeah. so and, as, and as you look at your business model, that's, that, that's kind of, I guess, where, where are you right now in terms of business model and where do you want to be in the future? Yeah, so right now uh, we're just doing email marketing and uh, native advertising as well as like social media posts and, and you know and just sort of basic stuff that we could use our audience for okay. down the line as we grow into other cities we want to get into a subscription service where you'll be able to see you know all the different local news of depending on you know what kind of news you want to see and where you want to see it about what areas um, we're going to get into a lot of video content some e-commerce stuff but we can't really do that until our audience grows in the meantime we're just trying to continue building an audience and building small revenue just to show that you know we are a sound business and that we're not really going anywhere as opposed to some of these other media companies yeah. uh, that are all great but they're all pivoting they're no longer they made they tried making so much money off advertising that now it's no longer happening and they're pivoting and you know companies like high times are going into the events business now all of a sudden they're an events company yeah and then I heard recently that they're going to the flower business and it's like wow they're just keep pivoting <laughs> and you know the original owners the original owners did a fantastic job but now every time they sell it it seems like you know there's someone's not running the shop correctly yeah. and you know they bought some great companies and those companies too have completely disappeared i i love green rush daily and their numbers have gone into the toilet yeah. so it's like i you know i, I just didn't want to become another advertising engine i wanted to become something that we could put proper content out and mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. And so now that you've completed the accelerator, I mean, I guess what are your kind of takeaways or actions or plans? I mean, you mentioned you're raising some money. I mean, what what yeah. how does that play into so, the, the strategy? Yeah. So the accelerator was awesome. It was a four month program. Took place in Boulder, Colorado. We were there for the four months, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we learned a lot. It was great because they positioned us into in front of a lot of investors. 
you know, they're able to make introductions where normally if you try and contact an investor, they're like, hey, man, fill out the form on my website, which basically means in 24 hours you'll get an automated response that says we're not interested. Yeah. You know, and with, with an accelerator, with them, they were able to send us a lot of introductions. We did not get follow-up funding from Canopy Boulder. However, we were the first people chosen to present at ArcView. So, you know, yeah. though we didn't, though they didn't like us for follow-up funding, the people at ArcView did so much that they chose us to, you know, present with two other companies from Canopy Boulder, as well as a whole bunch of other companies. And, and that was an amazing opportunity to get on a stage in front of 600 of, you know, some of the top investors in the country, you know, in the world even for cannabis, which is great. Yeah, it was an awesome opportunity for us. It was a little hard because we're a media company. So most of the people that we ended up speaking to at ArcView were like, how can you help us? You know, what can you do for us? You know, yeah. can you put, do an article on our, we have this new investor. Can you do an article on him? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm here trying to raise money. I'm not here to, you know, do articles on you guys. And so for us, I felt like it wasn't a really good opportunity for us. I mean, it was a good opportunity to be on the stage, but it wasn't, we didn't get the right avenues of yeah. success from it that we were hoping. We did meet quite a few investors that were like, hey, you know what? You need to concentrate more on your traction and your revenue and building your team. And I was like, all right, you know what? You're right. And so we decided to stop raising in January, right after ArcView, and we concentrated on our traction and our team and our revenue. And over the past four months, we've been able to build all of that up quite a bit. And now we've decided, all right, now we're in a good space to go out and ask for you know money. And now we've got a whole bunch of meetings set up with investors this week, which you know was a lot easier this time of setting them up than last time because now it's like, hey, since we last spoke, we've yeah. done X, Y, Z. And it's cool because this accelerator, it really allowed us to continue doing these things. I think before, if I was going to be turned down by ArcView, I would have just given up. But I think the accelerator really gave us that power to continue going. So, I mean, my takeaway from being in Canopy Boulder in the long term was that it was an amazing experience for anybody building a company. I think if you can get into an accelerator, depending yeah. on what your industry is, no matter what it is, I think you should take it. Yeah, you got to give up a little bit of your percentage, but it, I'd rather give up a little bit of you know something than you know trying to get something of nothing. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. And you know what? If you can build one company, you can build another one. And I'd rather have a few companies than you know one that I'm struggling with my entire life. I'd rather yeah. have people that know what they're doing and be able to help us and take some percentage away from us to to move forward. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. What? Um, tell me about team a little bit. I mean, uh, in terms of talent, what what have you been looking for? Where have you found it? What have been the challenges? What? How is that whole process working for you? So team wise, a lot of our so our content creators that have done articles for us on the original side so far have all been free. Lance. Uh, like I said, I have this great database. I know who can write what, what they charge us for. So that's been great because we just, you know, hire them on a per project basis. We have a CTO, uh, an interim CTO actually, named Vrej Sanadi, which is awesome. And he's helped us build the site to where it's at now. But now that we need to grow. We need to build another site. And I'm not sure <laughs> he is the right person for it. He knows he's not maybe not the yeah. right person for it either, but he's been awesome so far. Yeah. And that's been great. We have uh, my co-founder is Talia Rubin, and she's got a great business and actually a fashion background, but she's been able to build a few companies now in the fashion industry yeah. um, that were successful and she's got operational experience. So that's been awesome. And so she's my co-founder. That's great. And then I have a CFO who's actually my brother. He's actually one of the bigger accountants in the cannabis industry in Humboldt County. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been an accountant in cannabis now for almost 20 years. His name's Aaron Weiss, and he's part of David L. Mooney. Um, and then we have a, a publicist for our PR uh, named Lauren Lundy. And then uh, we also have a director of photography who's been helping us out with our layouts. His name's Chris Brandt. And then finally, we have our attorneys out of uh, DLA Piper, which is an amazing uh, law firm. And they've taken a, I mean, an invested interest in us. Yeah. So uh, that was a nice feeling. Actually, our, 
Our original attorneys were WSGR, which is Wilson Sonsini, but my attorney left Wilson Sonsini and just joined DLA Piper, and they took us on the transfer. So good. that was that was cool. So it's nice to have you know good good accountants behind us and good lawyers behind us to make sure that everything that we're doing is correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what um, and has there been any um test or or way in which you know you're bringing on the right people? I mean, how, how do you kind of think about company culture and, you know, who you should bring on and what, what they kind of contribute either skill-wise or culture-wise? What, what have you noticed? Yeah. So um, right now, actually, we're in the process of hiring an editor and also hiring a salesperson, a sales director to run our advertising and stuff. Mm-hmm. So on the editor side, it's it's been sort of challenging to be honest with you because yeah. cannabis is a is a growing industry and there's a lot of stuff that you can and you cannot say. There's a lot of stuff you got to be careful with kids and you know our site has an age gate on it, but anybody can click the word yes and type in, you know, a fake birthday and go on any website, even yeah. alcohol sites. Yeah. So there's not much protection there. So we want to be very careful, you know, on, on what we post. So we've been it's been a little challenging on finding the right people that know about editing, but also know about the cannabis industry. Uh, We found a few people that are good, but some of them are also really expensive and we're a startup. So that's why we've been doing a lot of just aggregating news for the moment while we, you know, do this funding round. In the sense of sales wise, I mean, just a lot of salespeople, they've barked up a lot of, you know, BS to us that they can do this, they can do that. And then they end up not being able to do this and do that. And so for that purpose, in the sales side of it, we've been doing mostly commission side of it. So that way it's like, yeah. all right, you can do stuff. Let's see you do stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's also protection as well. Yeah. And so we've been, you know, it's just been, it's been sort of, um, I don't know if it's been slow, I guess, because we have a couple interns that help us out. You know, we have just, I think we, we're more about content. And since we have such a vast, you know, reach for content, mm-hmm. uh, we don't really need a crazy staff. I mean, if you look at a company like Medium, per se, which is a multi-billion dollar company, yeah. I think they have 11 people that work there. Yeah. I would rather have a, a small, slim company than having, you know, jobs that aren't needed. I look at a lot of these other media companies. They throw parties on a weekly basis for no reason. I go yeah. to parties all the time, and I have no reason why I'm even at this party. Like, yeah. why am I at this party? What's going on? Who's this party for? And it's just a lot of wasted jobs that can be you know, used in other things in the company. Yeah, I want to hire people and, you know, let people work and stuff, but I want them to be working for the right reasons, not just because they work at a media company and they get to go to all these fancy events and they get free stuff and, yeah. you know, and all that. That's how you waste money and companies go out of business. Yeah. So companies, you know, like I said, like with Medium or even BuzzFeed that also have a small staff, you know, they're killing it right now. And there's a reason they're killing it. Um, you know, it's just because they, they know how to properly staff. And I think that by growing slowly and not bringing on so many people at once and having a, a crazy team allows us to, you know, be hopefully one of those type of companies. Yeah. Well, so talk to us a little bit about the expansion plans and, and where you hope to be, say, in, you know, three, four years here. I mean, what's if, if things go well and you're able to execute on your plan effectively, what, what does the company look like in a few years? Well, in about four years from now, I hope to be the interim CEO at whoever buys us. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, helping them out for about a year until I leave and retire. No, yeah, I, like it. Uh, I would honestly, I think that cannabis news is needed all over the country and all over the world. For instance, just in Los Angeles here, we have 88 municipalities. 
over 40 of them have banned cannabis altogether. So there's no cannabis dispensaries. There's no growing. Hmm. There's no business at all in half of the cities in Los Angeles. Yeah. And that's not just in LA. That's in other counties and other cities across the country. I was on a panel a couple months ago and at the end of it, like I was waiting for questions and people were like, when are you going to move to Seattle? When are you going to move to Denver? When are you going to come to South Carolina? When are you going to come to Spain? And I was like, wow. I was like, there's a lot of opportunity. And we see it on a daily basis. Just this morning, China announced that they're going to be, you know, you buy everything else from us. Why don't you buy your cannabis from us? Yeah. And so they announced this morning that they're going into crazy full production on growing cannabis in China. Wow. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff to cover on local levels all over the, you know, the world. And, you know, the Asian markets are huge in itself. So we really would like to be all over the world, not just be, you know, a, a U.S.-based media company. Our, our parent company is called CN Media, which stands for Canon Nation. So our ultimate goal is you'll be able to go to canonation.co or whatever the app hopefully will be in the next couple months mm-hmm. and be able to click on any country, any city, any state in the world. And be able to see local cannabis news, events, jobs, and resources, and that's it. Yeah. And you know, and that way, you know, people really know what's going on, and you know, it's it's just an ever so changing industry, and it's going to continue to be that. You know, there's all these different chemicals, or chemicals, but compounds, should I say, mm-hmm. of cannabis. You know, with the CBN and the CBG, and all these different you know things that they're coming out with now. That some are even more powerful than THC, or more powerful than CBD, and they're going to continue studying cannabis for the next hundred years. So um, I just think there's a lot of stuff that's going to need to be covered, just like an LA Times or a New York Times. But you know, the, for this is, is cannabis. Yeah, no, I like it. What? I mean, you mentioned before a little bit of this, um, the regulatory, you know, legality and the regulatory issues. I mean, what what are the things that are on your strategic map as you look out the next couple of years that kind of change the landscape for you or, or kind of part of your um, th- things to anticipate and kind of strategize around uh, when it comes to kind of the media side of this business and changes in, um, you know, either law or regulation and uh, industry? What do you see? Yeah, I mean, not to be honest, I really think that it's not nothing's going to happen really. And everyone's going to have this sort of shaky ground until yeah. cannabis is legal federally. Okay. Once it's legal federally, then I think the FCC and all these people that, you know, even AEG, for instance, who makes Coachella a non-cannabis event, all of a sudden they're going to be in that industry. People who completely hate the plant, once the you know federal government legalizes it, are going to be in this industry. People are into money and, uh, you know, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of money in cannabis, so... Yeah. So, and what is it from from your point of view? This is now the big players start to get involved, and now now you're trying to uh, compete with them. Are you? Is this trying to carve out a niche? Is this is good yeah. enough so that you become a good acquisition target? What's your? Yeah, I'm trying to carve out a niche, um, much like Cannabis Now. Cannabis Now is a fantastic publication. I mm-hmm. love them. They do. They cover business, economics, and politics in cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may have branched out a little bit from from that, but I think that's their main focus. And from that, they're, I believe, one of the biggest cannabis publications and even one of the biggest publications in the world. And because it's, you know, it's a niche, it's it's not culture and lifestyle. For us, localized cannabis news, I think, is a niche. It's something that, you know, like I said at the beginning with people that from the Reagan era and, and senior citizens and and people just from different generations that are now interested in cannabis that would never have you know, touched it before. Local cannabis news, I think, is a niche. And so, yeah, so I just, I see that, you know, is is for us is how we're going to basically be able to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, this has been great. Um, if people want to find out more about you, about uh, LA Cannabis Hughes, about CN, what, what is the best way to get that information? 
Yeah, awesome. Uh, so you can go to LAcannabisNews.com. Our site's up and running. We've got over 200 events on there for LA, for the Los Angeles area. So if you're looking for something in the industry to do or something fun, definitely check out our events board. We have a jobs board that uh, is up, and uh, that's great as well. And then uh, we're on all the social medias. So, you know, uh, Facebook, Book, Instagram, Twitter, you can type in LA Cannabis News and you'll find us. And if you want to reach out to us, you can send an uh, email to uh, info at LACannabisNews.com and we'll be sure to get back to you. Awesome. I'll make sure all of those links in the email are in the show notes so people can click through. Uh, Brian, this has been great. Thank you for taking the time. Very curious to see how things play out. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.